0: How you had a friend convince you to read one piece at all, because I am just aware of the uh, length of the series. Cause it's, it's also yeah. an animated series. Yes. There's also. Yeah. I didn't watch episodes. any of it.
1: Yeah. Or I guess I did like they did. I don't know. It's really, really good. Uh, like okay. it goes in like obviously long story arcs. Then like stops and like builds up the next story arc. And they're all really awesome. Um, I didn't watch any of the anime, but there are like a couple of specials they do that are sort of like movie length features that succinctly tell the story of like the arc and skip all the filler and stuff. Uh, so you get kind of like some of the cool like, fight animations and stuff. Um, but it's really, really, really goofy. It doesn't really take itself seriously until it needs to, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I don't know if I'd recommend it because it's so long, but mm-hmm. if you want to read, you know, 1100 issues of something, I'd recommend it. But then of course I'm also 400 behind, so.
0: Yeah, i uh, that's how I started watching baseball last season where I was like, I want to get back into this. I'm just going to start following the teams that I like, which are the Brewers and the Twins. And I casually would just watch the recaps the next day of the highlights. So like the eight minute videos instead of watching the three to five hour games. See, I do the opposite. I watch both uh, during
1: the football season. Like, I'll watch the game. And then later on, like, at night, I'll be laying in bed watching the highlight video. And my wife's like, Didn't you just watch this game? I'm like, Yeah, but I got to see the good parts.
0: Karen, are there any lengthy series you've sat through or that you've committed to? TV, book, whatever. Yeah. Me. Me? You, the only Karen in the room. Yeah.
2: Oh, hey. Yeah. I've done Stranger Things, all of that. For better or worse, done all of that. Um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I have a lot under my belt. Series book-wise, Dark Tower, Harry Potter.
0: How many books is the Dark Tower? I actually don't know the answer Seven. to that. Okay. That's not
1: and that big. A And half. a half. And yeah. then The Stand, and then like, Eyes of the Dragon. And then- <laughs>
2: Holy
0: shit. Also, a lot of
2: it and because uh, of
0: the crossover is that why and, yeah well yeah, yeah. and
2: there's also like salem's lot
0: um man i started then. reading that i need to finish it
2: that's good i like that book
0: oh and i've i've continued to read uh house of leaves house
2: of leaves oh, so
0: it's crazy because i'm house. like I'm, I'm 50 pages in and it feels like i've really hurtled something I'm, with the intro as well which is like another 10 15 pages but like it is not a short read and i know eventually i'll be able to just plow through like a section of 100 pages that are one word. Mm-hmm. I can't wait just to feel like i've made <laughs> a ton of progress. But um it's a, it's an exercise and i feel like the fa- right now uh the concept is so interesting to me. It's keeping me moving, but i think the fandom comes from everybody bragging that they've run a mile or run a, run a marathon basically. They're like mm. i was able to keep track of these 3 intermittent storylines as the main character starts to lose his sanity doing these things and like yeah it's it's pretty interesting i i don't know what's going to happen next because it also starts by telling you and this isn't a spoiler because it starts this way that this isn't this didn't happen or this isn't real but they're not sure you're like what the fuck do you want from me book
2: yeah yep have you have you met the house yet
0: I mean, there's been the analysis from the, so no one's gone there. Uh, if there, if that is a thing that can happen as of right now, I'm still dealing with, um, I forgot the main character's name. If he names himself, the LA guy, Johnny. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. I've, he has become obsessed with said thing okay. with the, the narrative and I just got through a gigantic passage of them talking about Greek gods and echo. And it's so lengthy. And then he responds by being like, the only reason I left this in. And then there's a lengthy passage as to why it's not edited from the book. And you're like, all right, here we go.
2: Yep.
0: But uh, it's, it's been interesting and it's really fun as I had, I do this with everything that I'm, Sort of dealing with So I like to look up reviews Because I'm insecure With my own feelings About everything <laughs> And so it's fun Because you either get Somebody that's like What the fuck Did I just put myself through And then you have The diehards That are just like It changed my life And I can't wait To find out Which side of the coin I'm on Because right now I don't know <laughs> But I'm invested And I'm interested So that'll I think be you I love that.
2: Where I landed. On both that. of you,
0: both of you, like <laughs> made it. Like Brad was saying, he couldn't read it at night, and I was like, "That's the best review I've ever heard of a I, book." I
2: I couldn't read it at night either. It yeah. one of the few books in my adulthood that I could not read while going to sleep.
0: I'm excited to get there.
1: I love that you're reading this. Like it's taking you a while because we have like multiple episodes of you like sharing mm-hmm. your progress and thoughts on it. It's this chunk of episodes will just be the journey of Alex reading House yeah. of Leaves. Can well, we were I? on a
0: vacation and I only read a little bit while we were on vacation. I read like like a section. So it's like I only read 10, 15 pages in a week, which was, uh, I guess, it put a damper on my progress, but I still kept going. So it's still fresh in my head. And uh, I just, I make time usually in the morning and at night. And if I don't make time, then I don't read, which is a problem, but that's just how my brain works. So what were you we saying, Karen?
2: I was going to ask um, Do you guys listen to music when you read?
0: Mm-mm. My brain is so. I need it to be like, I sometimes even put in like headphones and don't put on music
2: okay. because it
0: just focuses me to do that. It Yeah, it depends. Instrumental if I do, um, because okay. at, at work I'm so into, I'm an editor and for the most part I'm reading all day anyway, which is one of the reasons that it's morning or night. And it's just like, I might be fried by the end of the day. Cause I'm reading patient education literature all day which is just like booklets on. So you broke your knee in half. This is what surgery is going to be like. Um, those are the nice ones. But uh, it's, oh, I don't remember what I was saying. That's how fried I am from reading all that stuff. <laughs> oh well. So basically,
2: I, Alex, no music. No. Brad, you're kind of oh. maybe, maybe not.
0: Sometimes I can focus. Sometimes I'll even put a podcast on while I'm editing. So like while I'm physically making the changes. So if I'm in an InDesign file and I've already read through the thing, like I I'll mark up a PDF that's like this is what you need to change. And that is and I'm I reward myself with podcast and like background video time when I can just go in and just make changes because then I don't have to think. But yeah. So Alex- oh, go go on, go ahead,
2: here. oh okay. Um well the reason I ask is because I My ADHD means I actually can't read without having background noise, Mm. so I always have music on if I'm reading. And when I was reading House of Leaves, I was commuting in from the suburbs at the time, Mm. and so I had like a 45-minute, hour-long ride to downtown, morning and night, and so I was reading House of Leaves on that train ride for the most part, so I always had headphones in. And it was the summer of 2013, and I was obsessed. And also, because I have ADHD, I binge listen to music because uh, mm. it's just constantly hitting that dopamine receptor. And so that summer, um, Vampire Weekend's Modern Vampires album had come out. So it was always.
0: Is that the first big one?
2: Uh, it's their third. Like 2011,
0: 2012, or is this later than that?
2: 2013. Okay, okay. It's like Modern Vampires of the City, I think, is the name of the album. Uh, it's pro- To me, it's their best. It's my favorite album of all of theirs. Um,
0: I know I their was, cover of Ruby Soho by Rancid, and I would kind of recognize it if it came on, but that's about it.
2: Very good. But that was the album I was listening to while I was reading House of Leaves, and I li- was basically only listening to that album while I read House of Leaves. And there are... Songs, to this day, this is, this is almost a decade ago, to this day. When those songs come on from that album, I'm immediately brought back to scenes from the book in my brain. And it's kind of a really trippy thing. It's kind of like, you know, um, scent being a really powerful memory like driver. For me, music is that. And I have I have this tendency to, because I always listen to music when I read, I have very specific albums associated with very specific books. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vampire Weekend album with House of Leaves and um, Gaslight Anthem, their first two albums, I listened on repeat while reading The Road, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. So I have very strange <laughs> connections like that. And so I, I'll, whenever House of Leaves gets brought up, i I'm like immediately, I immediately think of Vampire Weekend because those songs. Um, are, are like that album and that book are like one and the same. They remind me of one another. So a little tidbit about my dumb brain. There you go. <laughs>
0: Brad, what were you saying? Um,
1: I've got two things, but I know the answer for Karen. Alex, I f- forget. Do
0: you, do you work from home at the moment? I do. And I'm well working from home. I'd like to welcome everyone to splatter brains, a podcast that talks all things, horror, be it uh horror or other weird genre, science fiction, whatever the hell we want to talk about. We like stuff specifically in the horror genre and we talk about it. All right. Anyway, you were saying, yes, I do work from home. Um, Nikki's not here today. We're sad. This is Brad and Karen. Say hi, both of you.
2: Hello. Hi, both of
0: you. Cool. Hi we did it. You. We have introed the podcast. Carry on. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> no, I, it's wild to me that you said you can put on podcasts while you're editing. Working from home. So when I, we worked in the office, I just had my my headphones in, you know, the entire day and listen to music, podcasts, whatever. And work working from home. I can't listen to anything while working or I'll get way too distracted. Like I can't put Spotify on. Can't, you know, I can't do anything at all. It sucks.
0: So that is the case for me. I just uh, sometimes prefer to let myself get distracted. I get so much more done. If I go to a coffee shop or I go to my office, it is unbelievable. The difference in productivity do I wanna put that out in the world? Maybe not, but I'm going to, cause I'm not gonna cut this, so. I was
2: gonna say, but you just said that. <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite. I work way better from home than I do in an office. I get so much more shit done. In, and honestly, it's so much more shit done in less time because I'm not distracted by other people. Uh, I'm just, I just have the cats and even the, they sleep all day. So they don't really fucking bug me until it starts to approach later afternoon. And then they're like, yo bitch, feed me. Um, but no, I get way more shit done, and I'm the opposite. I can listen to music, get my work done. Like I, yeah, I can't put on TV. You ever though. tell
0: your cats that uh, that term's derogatory, and we don't say that anymore? That was a joke. You can laugh. What term? Yo, bitch! I was joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. lost too. Yeah, I was like, it was like, your cats called you the bad word. Okay, the we can move word. past that. There it is. There.
1: It is. Sometimes, yes. uh, Karen, you're talking about. Taking the the met the metro,
0: right?
2: Yeah, the metra, yeah.
0: Okay, I've got a What's your preference? Sorry. Sit up or down?
2: Um up because down. I don't have to share a seat with anybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. Down, I, down if I don't have to if it's not like rush hour and I can have the whole seat to myself up any other time if I have to like be ass to ankle. I once got
2: in a really wicked fight with a woman up on a train on the metro train um it got really uncomfortable for everybody in the car um (laughs) (laughs) because you know how the seats go back and forth like you can move them so you're facing a different direction so i was in the second seat in meaning the front seat was just right in front of me and so the front seat was facing me and this was, like, a late later train on a weeknight. So it was, like, a 7 o'clock train. I had to work late or something. So I was having dinner. So I would bought something from, like, Corner Bakery. And I would sat in the second seat specifically so I could have the front seat facing me. So I could have, like, a little table to, like, eat, to, like, ha- have my food on. And it's a 7, 7.30 p.m. train back to fucking Vernon Hills, like, that side of the suburbs. So there's maybe five other people total in this car. I'm the only one who's sitting up top. And this woman comes up. There's no one else sitting up top with me. And she comes up. And she she stands in front of me. And goes, I want to sit here. And I was like, are you you being serious right now? Mm. The, the, The entire other side of the top was open, like no one else was sitting up top of me. She specifically wanted to sit in the seat in front of me for whatever fucking reason.
0: Were you on the like on the side where the seats are facing forward or backward on the train, or were yeah. you on the this, the seats that were facing into the train?
2: No, forward and backwards.
0: Okay, yeah, weird.
2: I was like, you can't sit anywhere else. Like I just, I'm trying to, I was like, ha- I'm like half a half a sandwich in my mouth with the other half on the seat. And she starts to move the chair, like move it so that it was facing the other direction and like pushing my food and stuff on the ground. And I was like, ma'am, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, I want to sit here. You shouldn't be taking up two seats. I was like, you have literally anywhere else to sit in this fucking car. And I started swearing at her and she was just not having it. And she finally left. Like she finally walked away and like left the car And we all just sat in that car and the people sitting on the ground level were just staring up. And I looked down at them. I was like, am I the asshole? And they're like, no, you were not. That was weird. I was like, okay, can we all just go home now? It was the strangest experience I've ever had. I mean, this woman was a full on Karen before that even was a thing. So I fucking hate voice the metro. I fucking person. hate the
0: Metra. Also, your, uh, your voice got so loud when you were saying, are you fucking kidding me that the gate on the mic naturally censored you because it just clipped fucking. And I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Brad, Brad what happened to you on the Metra?
1: I had, a, when I worked at the comic book store in like 2014, 15, they called 16- those
0: the dark Brad years.
1: <laughs> no, they're pretty good. Just um, from the one story you told me. <laughs>
0: yeah. I worked
1: Saturdays and Sundays at like 10 in the morning. So I had to be on the the Metro at like 845 on Saturdays and Sundays. And one of those days, my ex-girlfriend should stay the night. So, and she worked at the coffee book, the coffee book, the coffee shop next to the comic book store. Mm, So we would take metro in together and just Mm -hmm. go in together. Um, So we were sitting on the top in like the end seats that kind of face the back of the car. Like when you go up to the top, there are all the seats that face the middle. Then all the way at the end of the road, there's a seat that's kind of just like facing backward. It's against the wall. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting there and on my train line, there is like a big school and all these people get on for the weekend. It's like a year-round school. I don't want to get much more information because I don't want to get doxxed. Um, <laughs> there's like a big school. It's a year-round school. And so everybody gets on the metro. I'd go downtown and fuck around. Um, 8 a.m. 8.45 a.m. Tired, exhausted. All these students get on, and this girl sits like right next to me, like right in front of me, and she's on her phone. And then she just like turns on music, like playing through her phone, really, really loudly, just like, yep. blasting it. yep And like you know, I hate when people do that, but normally I wouldn't like, say anything. I just like Ugh, whatever. Uh, but that morning, I was just not having it. So like, hey, could you turn that down or off or use headphones? She goes, "Well, I don't have any headphones." I'm like, "Well, I have some in my bag. You want to borrow mine?" I pulled them out and offered them to her and she looked at me, and she goes, I guess I'll turn it off and then turn it off. It was great. It was like the only time that that's ever like worked out.
0: Yeah, I think the offering the headphones really sealed that deal. Cause I, every other time I've ever had a conversation like that and tried to be casual about it and not just be a bastard immediately. I, I've been a bastard and the other person would be like, nah, go fuck yourself. Even if I feel like I'm in the right, I feel like I've, uh, my reaction to things is just, I do not hide feelings. Well, and so I'm just immediately like, why will you just please fuck off? uh, (laughs) I've been, uh, not that long ago. I'll make this the short version of this because I think these people are still out there and want to kill me. I might've told some people to shut up during a movie. And, uh, that turned into almost a brawl at the end of the movie, which really sucked. And, uh, Now I'm scared of people that talk in movies. It's no longer that I'm mad at them. I'm just like, what if it's the same group of people that wants to kill me?
2: That's I've I've been that person too, Alex.
0: Mm.
2: Multiple times.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: people... People suck, man. It's just so wild to me that people's, like, immediate response is violence. Like, not accepting that they were being like an asshole. Like, I went to, I was friends with this guy in college. Well, I, and I could have shushed TV. them, but I went
0: immediately to, will you shut the fuck up? And, or oh, like, well. shut up. You know, like, if that's the first place I went. Sorry. You were saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was friends with this guy in, in college, and we went
1: to the music box and saw the first Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, and he was talking the whole damn time. I'm like, dude. And like, we were in a group of people. I'm like, shut the fuck up. And he got like, furious at me the rest of the night he was like wouldn't talk to me he's like this guy's an asshole people want to talk the movie theater i'm like no i don't want to talk to you
0: i want to watch goddamn
1: ninja turtles
0: i like being in a big box where we can all feel feelings together quietly Quietly. depending on the experience not even quietly because like um i think i've used this example before but it was like i remember the only time i ever had i had a couple problems at the music box with people during movies um Which one was, and I'll keep this brief, was uh, a very drunk couple not really caring that there were people around them during a showing of Beetlejuice. They were uh, getting very affectionate, and I say that. Uh, That's the most casual way I could put that, because that's not what was happening. And I threw ice cubes at him, and then he yelled at me, and then they both left. But um, uh, another time was during Mandy. So Nick Cage is on screen. He's not even saying anything funny. He's not acting insane during the first half of that movie. He's just delivering lines and people are snickering. And I'm just like, I'm going to fucking kill all these fucking people. Yes, I get it. He's goofy sometimes. And you get the meme you're on the internet, but this, that's not what this is. And by the end of that movie, everyone in that theater was on the same page and we were like cheering for shit. And it was awesome. Like I went from being like grumpy about like a couple people snickering when Nick was delivering lines to like wanting to high five the people next to me every time he got into a chainsaw sword fight. So the movie rules. And that was a good time. I feel
1: bad. Um, I love the music box. I've seen the room there so many times. And when the disaster artist was coming out, my manager and another guy on my team, they wanted to see the room before the disaster artist. Um, I'm like, yeah. Let's see. Let's, you know, the three of us will hang out. We'll watch the, ru- the room. I wouldn't recommend seeing it like in theaters for the first time. And then, like the next day, Music Box announced like a midnight showing for like yeah. that Friday. And my manager's like, Hey, they're doing a midnight showing. I'm like, Fuck what I said yesterday. Let's go see the room with the Music Box. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that people are so like invested in the movie because everybody like it's like an audience participation yeah. movie. for People are sure. gonna
0: shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it in theaters a few times Wait. as well.
1: A couple times I've seen it there, they had the audio so low that you can't hear the fucking movie over somebody like thirty rows back, and so we were sitting in front of like a place is also huge that room. It it is, yeah. But we were sitting in front of a row of hyperactive like high schoolers that were just like not really even doing the audience participation parts. Like Tommy will say something and you'll shout something back, but they were just like. And well, like that's, every
0: moment. That's that's the thing about that specific movie is it it got such a weird mainstream acceptance where even like Rocky Horror, if like you could tell somebody that doesn't understand what they're supposed to be doing because there's like an understanding with the audience. It's like if you're doing the call and response, great. If you're chucking spoons at the screen because it you know there's framed cutlery, the great but um like that Neil Breen movie we've talked about we are still there because we enjoy this experience um you don't you don't need to prove that you think it's funnier than i do you just just mm-hmm. enjoy it what it is and uh you know kind of check yourself a little bit and unfortunately i think it's gotten out of hand it's like almost like a a one-upmanship of like being loud and annoying during movies like that i I also stopped going to see the room after an experience where we basically showed up and there was a very, very drunk college kid. Um, and uh, he was like wearing a a wig and dressed like uh, what the hell is her name? Uh, the woman in that movie who I feel very bad for, and I hope that she's Lisa? doing really well. Yeah. Whoever played Lisa. And so she's dressed like Lisa and he uh, was yelling homophobic slurs at the screen the whole time. And I was sitting with two gay men. Yes. And this was the first yeah. time they had seen the movie. And one of them was like, do you want to go? And I was like, yes, we should like to each other. And I was like, we should absolutely go. And well, what doesn't help is that uh, Tommy Wiseau started the screening with an hour long presentation of his show. The neighbors that was oh, supposed yeah. to be on Adult Swim, which is fucking unwatchable. It's not fun. It's not amusing. It is just trash in a way that's just boring. And everyone was there to see the room. So he's trying to present the show that we don't know is going to be playing. And everyone's been waiting an hour. So it's almost two in the morning when this movie starts and that happens. But uh, one of the people I was with spit in that guy's face. And all I remember is that guy going, what the fuck? And we're like, we're out of here. And we left. Um, I think I was probably at that showing. It was, that was in Milwaukee. That was at the oh uh, shit the, the Oriental. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Music box. I never saw it at the music thing. box. I saw it at, in Minneapolis at... Uh, the lagoon in uptown and then i also saw it at the oriental so gotcha unfortunately not as much fun that time around i'll stick with rocky horror from here on out speaking of movie experiences that actually went pretty well uh as far as like people not bothering me i went and saw nope as really? most of america seemed to have done i did too i can't believe it you did what uh, and uh, spoilers ahead, because we would like to talk to this movie in depth. There's yes. a lot to say about it. Yes. Uh, and we're we're going to kick it off. Uh, I would like you two to go first, because I'm a coward, and I would <laughs> like to change my opinion. Should I be convinced otherwise? Which I could be. So, Brad, would you like to tell us about your experience with Nope first? And do we want to get into spoilers right away, or do we want to just... If you feel like in order to talk about this, you just got to go for it, just go for it. We've already warned people.
2: Yes, I will say that about how I feel about this movie.
0: Okay, great, Brad? Yeah,
1: I'll just, just speak, spoil speak Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I loved it. I thought it was so good. It stopped being yeah. scary at a point, as like most movies... not most movies, but like I think most like spoilers. It's not a UFO. It's a creature. No, I feel.
2: Like but it, it is the UFO is the creature.
1: Well, it's a UAP. It's not it's not a UFO as we imagine like a ship to be. It's not a ship, it's a creature. Yeah. Um I it stopped being scary as most creature features do, once like you see the monster and you know the stakes and everything, at least in my opinion. Um but it was still fun. I saw people I saw I forget his last name, Jake from uh Fox Jake Chicago or something like that. No, not Jake from Safe Farm. Sorry, Jake from, from Fox Chicago, who's like the entertainment guy. He interviewed Jordan Peele. He goes, this to me seemed like uh, Jordan Peele doing
0: Jaws, Dude, which is, I didn't think about. That's okay. The, that's, that was my point, as I was going to say the last third of the movie, when it actually plasters the name of the creature on the screen, Jean Jacket, is the last act of Jaws. But anyway, we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry for interrupting you. I was just excited. Oh, yeah, okay. That is a comparison that many people have made, because I think that's what he was trying to do, for sure.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I honestly
1: thought the scariest... Parts were the uh, Gordy, the chimp. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying me, especially when he's just in there staring like into the camera. Um, and obviously yeah, when it looked yeah, up. when OJ is going into the stables and the lights keep turning on. That
0: yes. creeps the scene me. in the movie, and I'll okay. So since this isn't going to naturally flow because I have to interrupt people, this is what I do. Check the bingo card and feel free to chime <laughs> in. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Brad. You can tell me to stop if you want. I thought the movie was pretty good. I had a good time watching it. It's definitely higher on my list than us. Nothing. We don't need to compare it to get out because that is obviously a movie that changed a lot of people's opinions on horror movies. I was a little disappointed with the, the creature in the movie which affected a lot of the viewing. However, that alien scene is one of the reasons for that because they set that up so well and it's so creepy when they're in the shadows and you don't realize what's going on. That was, was, I loved that scene. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I don't, my, when we got out, my wife said something interesting. Uh, We were in the car driving home and she Said to her, it seems like one of the themes was like cultural appropriation of like the black community specifically with the uh, cinematographer they hired to help shoot the shot, and he just kind of like goes off and does his own thing and says we don't deserve the perfect shot, and it's like like puts his own sort of uh, agenda above like the group that he's supposed to be helping.
0: There's a lot of questions that I was left with in this. Karen, would you like to gush about the film before I start asking questions?
2: (laughs) I would. I loved it because I loved it. And it's lovely. Um, it, it, It lived up to all of my expectations and then exceeded them. And I loved the fact that this is the first you all know how much I deeply love alien movies of all kinds and shapes and sizes. And this is the first time I've seen an alien film that had such a unique concept behind it. I was not expecting that at all. And it made me love it that much more. Once you realize that the ship isn't a ship, (laughs) it's the, it's the alien itself. That was just like, I've never that shift in dynamic, just that entire concept was so, fucking cool and unique and i was like jordan peele you fucking did it again and i also feel like uh it's funny my friend my friend texted me thursday night last week and goes i'm real. i'm going to see nope right now it was a last minute decision i'm so sorry i didn't tell you and i was like it's fine i'm recovering from covid i'm going to see it tomorrow and she's like, okay, I, I'll report back, but I won't say anything. And I was like, this is one of the few times I will say no fucking spoilers for me, okay? <laughs> and so she texted me back and she's like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And without spoiling anything, all I will say is that I think you somehow psychically connected with Jordan Peele and then he wrote and made this movie specifically for you. And I was like, ah, I'm sold. And I was sold already, but having that come from her was like that much more. And then I saw it the next day and she was right. Um, I felt like that movie was so spot on. Um, I thought every single actor in that movie did a great fucking job. I thought that there were a lot of layers, like a lot of layers. I do think that there were some things that didn't quite add up or shape up, but I didn't give a shit. I still loved it. i thought the final scenes of that film were absolutely stunning um i didn't quite get what was going on with the creature and why it did what it did at the end but i kind of didn't give a shit because it looked really sick so uh yeah i fucking loved that movie am i gonna go see it again yeah did I want to go see it again before we recorded this? I did, but uh, I'm still dealing with COVID. So I just haven't felt up to it. So, but I'm going to go. You,
0: see it. Again. You only gave it to people in the screening before you don't want to give it to more.
2: Hey, I tested negative last Friday before I went to that movie. So nice. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I, it's interesting. Cause I don't know that this is one that's going to stick with me for very long but I agree that it was a really well put together movie. Like I know that what I'm seeing mm-hmm. is a, a vision that is good, even if I don't prefer sort of the outcome of it. Cause in, in theory, a giant creature in the sky that sucks people up and eats them, like the actual scene where you realize that people are being pulled into what looks like a, an air vent yep. that they're being consumed is pretty yep. fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. And like
0: that was cool. Um, This is one I actually want an extended cut of because it feels like there's a lot missing from this that they just didn't want to. I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard that in some interview or something like that, that he did cut quite a bit from it. I think that the Gordy plot goes underdeveloped, even though we spend a lot of time with it. Um, Learning about who I will. I I forgot the actor's name and I'm very sorry, but I will call you Glenn from here on out Um, from The Walking Dead's character he's a child actor and he's a witness to this brutal animal attack. And there's that weird, bad miracle thing that sort of happens during the animal attack. There's just like, like a piece missing for me that I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be taking from that. And even when the animal sort of regains sentience and tries to fist bump him, um, before being shot, I was like, okay, there's clearly a message here that I should be absorbing. And I'm, I wasn't sure if the animal was affected by, some outside source and that was hinted at it? Karen has a question.
2: No, I don't. I kind of want to comment on this. So this was, so I went and saw this with my, fun fact, I went and saw this with my buddy who I got COVID with. Um, We got it at a concert. And so it was like, we bookended our COVID having together.
0: But Uh, who gave you COVID? What band? Because I got to know if it was worth it.
2: uh, Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls.
0: Okay, yeah, I like Frank Turner a lot. It, I mean,
2: was, a so yeah, yeah. Fun. it was so fucking worth it. Um, it really I, fucking was. We could talk
0: about it after the show, but I like Frank Turner, but I started liking him after going to multiple of his shows and not watching him. I saw him open for uh, The Loved Ones and the Gaslight Anthem. He played first, and that was in like 2010, and then, uh, then he headlined over uh, who isn't, they're now called AJJ, but it was Andrew Jackson Jihad at the time. And so he he played with them and I watched his first song. I was like, whatever. And then like a year goes by and I was like, maybe I should actually give this guy a listen. And I was like, God damn it. And then I had tickets to see him here last year and it got rained out. So I've seen Frank Turner play one song. and I've been to three of his
2: shows. <laughs> I've been to five of them. One of which I got caught COVID for the first time at. Um, sorry if that was weird. This, there's something weird happening under my desk. Don't worry about it. Anyways. Is it a cat? Uh, It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a, horror rug actually that I got from creepy company. It's getting stuck in the wheels of my chair. Um, anyways, I went with my pal who also happens to be an English teacher. So she she just constantly is looking for subtext because it's literally her job. And so we were talking actually about the Gordy scenes after that movie, because I too left that being like, I didn't quite get where he was going with that, and she gave me her English teacher perspective, which put it kind of all into place for me. So, the thing that set Gordy off uh, in the in the atrocity scene—I don't know what else to call it—in the mate in the in the just mangled people scene um, <clears throat> was the popping of the balloons. And the reason that Glenn survived is because he didn't look Gordy in the eye. He didn't watch it. He hid from it. And and then the reverse of that happens with Jean Jacket because what's the thing that he does? He puts on a show. He opens it up. He stares directly at this thing. And that's how he ends up dying. And what I thought was even more fascinating, what she hit on for me that just blew my fucking mind was the fact that what set Gordy off to cause all of this destruction was the popping of the balloon and what ultimately ends Jean Jacket is the popping of a balloon. (laughs) I loved that little like connection that I didn't see right away. But yeah, Yeah, I I feel like there's more to it though. And I do feel like an extended cut would probably give us what is more or less really faintly alluded to, I feel. Mm-hmm. But that was her takeaway that I was like, oh, that makes perfect fucking sense. You're not looking, and then you're looking. And then the whole tie-in of, um, you know, Daniel Kalua's character and Kiki Palmer's character coming from
0: well, a I tra- a lot, a- on
2: this animal right? training thing. And it's Gordy is a trained animal on set, you know, and how they're unpredictable type thing. And yeah. So I felt like there was a lot kind of going on that there were things were alluded to, but it wasn't crystal clear what it was. So, but that was my, I take. had
1: the, I had the opposite sort of perspective. I was, I went to the bathroom after watching the movie and two guys were at the urinals next to each other talking and they're like, I didn't get the gorgeous scene that didn't make any sense to me. But what I got is that it, I think that it was, Everything about the Gory scene was there. and It was just supposed to be a parallel because later on in the movie, it's not supposed to be like, oh, that's the reason that this, that's the reason that this. It's just a parallel to them dealing, specifically, his name's Stephen Yun. Stephen Yun's character with the UAP later on. Uh, OJ and Antlers, the uh, director of photography, um, they're talking later on about how. The the UAP sucked up Steven Yun's character. I think his name was Jupe. I heard somebody say that earlier, but I don't I don't remember ever hearing that name. But they sucked up Stephen Yun's character because he entered into sort of he wanted to kind of tame a wild beast, tame a predator, which is what the UAP was. He was he mentioned during his like little the Starlance thing, or Starlance, the Star Lasso thing. Star Lance was the name of a ship that I had that, in No Man's Sky. Star Lasso. Um, <laughs> he mentioned during the first Star Lasso thing that for six months they've been feeding this UFO. And so he opens up and presents the horse to the UFO. But then says, but first we're going to do a little thing. So they're, he's training this UFO, big. This is your food. This is when you come and get it. But then at the last second during that presentation, he kind of pulls the rug out from under the UFO he says, here's your food, but wait, we're doing our own thing. It being a wild animal, much like Gordy. And the parallel it has with Gordy is that all these people on the show, like the producers, the actors, everyone were just like, Oh, it's a wild animal, but you know, it's just Gordy. It's just a chimp. It's our pal. It's a harmless little monkey. But something goes wrong. The balloons, the, um, the, all the people taking pictures of everybody staring at the UFO, the UFO seeing its food there and not being given its food immediately. Those things go wrong, and the wild animal in the scene turns on the people that are kind of taking it for granted. They're like, oh, we have it trained, we have it mastered, we figured it out. It behaves this way. The, the whole movie to me is just about man versus animal and how we kind of look at you know wild animals, especially because the main characters, O.J. and Kiki Palmer, Emerald I think her name was they're animal handlers specifically horse tamers for Hollywood they're still wild animals like the horse went it like kicked and like got spooked during the, the commercial they were filming it's the theme is that we can't really control these people or we have to like or not people these animals um, but we have to like provide them a little bit of respect because they're still wild animals like they don't you know it's not like a clockwork for them um, but to me, I thought that was, I thought the Gordy scene was great in illustrating that the horse scene early on was great in illustrating that. And then my theory about the UAP, I don't care, you mentioned this, why it was changing shapes at the end. I think it was spooked by, uh, when I was chasing OJ, Daniel Kaluuya's character, and he let out that like little parachute thing, kind of like, that was like a parallel with how he was training horses earlier on. That scared it, so it was started changing to put on a sort of um like a peacocking type thing, how like birds and lizards oh. and stuff will like make themselves big and flap all their feathers around. That's that what I makes, got from it.
2: That makes so much sense. I also really like your your take on the Gordy scenes being a parallel to what was happening. I think that really you're right. I think that's really spot on to what was going on there. Like, but this is this is exactly why I fucking loved that movie is because there are so many layers to it. And like we, you were all kind of like, yeah, there are very specific ideas that are touched on that are clear. But the fact that there's vagueness around other things that happened in that film, it just like it, I fucking, that. that's a big reason why I love this movie is like it, it it's Jordan Peele film, like it's just layer on it's an onion, and I'm, stoked to see it again because I have I've had this just I'll have this discussion under my belt. Obviously, the discussion I had right after the film with my pal, when we went and had dinner, like I'm I, yeah, this is this is exactly why I fucking love that movie, and I really. What do you guys think about that? That how Emerald got the shot, like how she got the Oprah shot. What do you guys think of that? Cause I feel like that had a lot of layers behind it as well, because to your point, there was that whole, like the appropriation thing. Um, I feel like that was a big part of, of it. And um, you know, the guy that they relied on, the cinematographer that they relied on took off so that he could go do his own thing. Yeah,
0: but like that, I want to wait before we move into her and talk about him because, oh, yeah, the, okay there's a couple things that i don't I do not remember this this was me trying to read other people's thoughts and also seeing discussions online about this because I did read them um, that at at some point and I don't know if either of you remember this either, does he s- suggest that he is dying like he has cancer or something? I don't remember that happening and I read somebody say that about him, and I was like, well, that would have kind of explained why he was so willing to just hurl himself into the sky, but I don't remember that happening and i mean people if you remember that and i don't i'm willing to be wrong here but like him not having something like that and then is the impossible shot because they never talk about what it is specifically is it someone dying is he trying to film someone in their final moments like first person like was that his purpose like I don't understand why he turned on a dime. He's like, we don't deserve this. He walks away and he continues to film up into the sky. Cause it shows it from his lens. And then obviously you see the, the, the like film can like pop open and expose all the film. So it's useless anyway. So I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck was the point of this? He's like, he spent so much time to be like, this is how we're going to do this. This is great. And then in the final moments after doing it, he just decides to hurl himself into the sky. It's so strange how quickly he turns on a dime.
2: What uh, okay? For at first, I do not remember him being cancerous and/or wanting to die. I felt like his character overall was just really nihilistic and like just had that vibe. He was just a goth dude, like he just had that vibe. Um, so like, I, I didn't really get that at all, um, or remember that at all. <clears throat> but as far as like him. Like turning on the crew and just going off and doing his own thing and the whole we don't deserve the perfect shot it like the way what I took away from that moment was that they had gotten what they wanted out of it, and everything was they were safe, like the plan for all intents and purposes had worked, and he got greedy. And was like, we're about to hit the fucking golden hour, meaning sunset, which is like the, you know, that's the money shot for any cinematographer. And he was like, fuck this. I'm going to go get that shot. Like this was the shot, but that's the actual shot because now we're, we're heading into the golden hour and I have this much time to film it. That's what I took away from that scene is that he just decided to go off and do his shit because- He's a greedy dude and wanted to get the per- like the absolute perfect shot with the UAP jean jacket against that beautiful golden sunset of, you know, the California wilderness or whatever. That's what I took away from that scene. I didn't think it was a wish to die. I think he would, wanted to get greedy and go for the gold, literally.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I had a similar thought. That was one thing that like I've been thinking about that I can't really exactly put my finger on. Um just his obsession with like perfection almost. Um is what kind of drove him to Yeah, I don't know what that's a that's one thing that I didn't really necessarily get. Um Yeah. I, I didn't read too much or like watch too much about the movie. Yep. uh, between seeing it and this, but it's
0: not like I need the questions answered. It's just worth it. Talking to people about, Oh yeah. It, it was, a I couldn't really tell what motivated him to do that. Yeah. And, that, and even though he's definitely like a greedy guy and, uh, it's still that the, the outcome of that, like he was clearly letting go. Cause he said something about, don't worry to somebody. Like he knew that he was going to die. And so he, when, he can't get the perfect shot because like it's the camera's going to fall or be trapped in this thing like is it like he doesn't need people to see it he just wants to get the shot like he got it on film and it lived for four seconds and then it's no longer on film anymore but i don't need to dwell on that we don't <clears throat> it's not that big of a deal it was just a point in the movie where i was like what the hell and then we moved on yeah oh, well but hey, the the big creature at the end, I actually liked when it expanded and looked very. I mean, that is one million percent just like a it supposedly an indescribable elder god. Like that is the most Lovecraftian thing to just have it the weird like mouth of purple colors, just like everything's geometric. And I, I did like the sort of wispy uh, look about it. I think it was based on some. Reported sightings of things in the clouds. That if you actually look into this stuff, you can know about it.
2: Yes, is not
0: my topic of research. What is it called? It's like a Russian thing. Um, Russian
2: thing. There, it's an amalgamate. I took a. I took away that it was kind of an amalgamation of different types of sightings, for sure. Um, I will say this. Ever since I saw the movie. I look at clouds differently now and it's really kind of funny, but I I definitely stare at clouds in, in a different way. Uh, they're less uh, just there for me at this point. Um, I resonated with the dude from Bryce. I don't remember his character's name, but the the tech guy. That guy is me. He is me. Enjoy. If I was a character in that movie, he would be. I would be him because I am the nerd wearing that knows of, all about that shit.
0: <laughs> wearing a bunch of punk rock band shirts. I thought that was a fun touch. I think the real star of the movie was his coworker that ate Cheetos the whole time.
2: Oh, my God. Yes.
0: <laughs> what you doing? Just munching. Yeah. He was a fun character. Addition to it. And uh, wait, does he get eaten at the end? No, they we no. just don't see him in the final scenes.
2: We don't, but he survives because he wraps himself up in that tarp with mm-hmm. the barbed wire.
0: I don't think he does so it on I purpose.
2: <laughs> no, I think he did. Do- well, he did it at He first. gets
0: hurled down the hill. Yeah,
2: but yeah, he realized that he would probably save himself by doing that. Um.
1: They, I, I like the sort of reveal that the woman in all the trailers was the uh, like his co-star.
0: They advertised it like it was something to do, yeah.
1: They used her as a red herring, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, like, I'm, like, looking through, like, sort of, like, things, like, images and stuff from the movie, and there's a thumbnail for, like, some YouTube video that's, like, breaking down, like, things from, like, the last trailer that was released before the movie. And they have, the thumbnail, they have circled the little alien dolls, and it says aliens, but then it also has the woman, uh, I forget the character's name, but, like, the, the woman that was attacked by it's Corey. and lived, yeah. <laughs> and it has text over and a big arrow pointing to her saying, human horse? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I gotta
0: watch this video. Uh, that is not... Oh, my God. Man, this... Uh, I mean, we could have a whole other discussion about this, but the marketing culture that we have created in late-stage capitalism of uh, teasing trailers and this kind of analysis of a trailer bullshit, get me, get it the fuck away from me. Just show me the movie. I don't want to know that... The, uh, like, And I like... Marvel movies. Um, I don't want to know that in the trailer there were 32 Easter eggs that all pointed in this direction. Not everything has to be a puzzle for my brain to un like just try to wrap itself around. And like, I think it's hilarious. And like for things that I love, I'm gonna watch shit like that. So unfortunately, uh, I am a hypocrite and I'm part of the problem. But like, <laughs> human horse man, that's just YouTube at its finest. That's
2: <laughs> fucking hilarious. And there's
0: a person next to it that looks like this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're doing like the Macaulay Culkin, like hands yes. on their
0: face. Like, ah, can you believe the human horse in Nope? <laughs> wow, man, that the human horse scene was the best part. Yeah, man. I was so excited to see Keith David early in this movie. And I was so sad to see Keith David go really early in this movie. I was like, yes, we get Keith David in the movie. I can listen to that guy talk about anything. Uh, yeah. You were the best spawn, Keith David. And then he dies and you're like, all right, well. Oh well. the Arbiter. RIP.
2: Say that one of my favorite one of my other favorite scenes of the movie besides the lights turning on and off. Scene. So creepy.
1: Such a well So like, fucking crafted creepy. Movie. That slow shot that like seemed to take forever for the alien to like poke creepy. the head around the, the corner. Little, the little bulbous head.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh God! It I like I just got chills thinking back. It was on scary. It,
0: like, it you were just staring at that corner for like fifteen yep. seconds. That set yep. my creepy expectations to like a thousand. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, "There's a flying donut hole eating people," <laughs> and I, so like you can see why I left it going like.
2: Excuse me. I have the, to admit
0: that disappointed I, me a little bit. Uh, the flying purple people later.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Here's but my I will
2: question. Say, the creepy scene, the, one of my favorite scenes, though, is when um, Jean Jacket vomits all that blood on the house from when he, after he eats cool. the, all of the people at, at Jupiter's Claim. Oh, oh so gross and creepy. I fucking loved it. But anyways.
1: My creepiness factor was set pretty high. Or my cre- creepiness expectations were set pretty high. Before the movie started... I don't know if you guys had this, and this isn't really about the movie, but I don't know if you guys saw had this trailer in your showings, but did you guys see the trailer for the movie Smile?
0: Oh my god, it looks like no. dog shit, but yes, sorry if I really? just send that for you. Oh, I thought it looked cool. I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll send it Karen. Okay, so yes, I am the asshole in the group. I'm going to just nail myself to that cross and say yes, I know that's the, the truth, and the reason I reacted so poorly is there's just like a so Blumhouse has a few real bangers, but they also make cheap movies for teenagers to blow their money on. And that is, that reminds me of like a truth or dare or like some of their other low budget, like you no know, slender man, that kind of shit. Or yeah. it's just people going and smiling at her. The whole, it's just, it's not, it's not for me. I I'm very judgmental of the way that it looks, the people that bring it out. I'm just like, I'm done with that shit. So anyway, I will recuse myself from this and let you enjoy it. I'm so sorry, Brad, for just like just pissing on your parade. Ugh. Well,
1: anyways, I'll share the trailer after this, uh, and then I guess I'll just fuck off from the podcast. But I feel um... like such a dick. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. But there is a jump scare in the trailer that like everybody in my feed are like freaked out during, and I don't want to say what it is because uh, I want people to be able to watch the trailer or experience
0: it. Karen, I'll send it after this, okay. but that jump scare. Fucking got me. Fully on board 10 out of 10 with what you're talking about at the end of the trailer. I thought that was awesome. It's yep. the smiley people that isn't as awesome to me.
1: I think that one jump scare probably set my expectations for that movie higher than the rest of the trailer, but...
0: Yeah. yeah, No, that that is great, and I loved that. Okay, that is that is the kind of schlocky horror shit where I'm like, yes, more of that in movies. I forgot about that because I was so busy focused on... The, the kind of
2: like
0: yeah, the smiley people that scream a lot and they just repeat stuff, and you're like, wow, this is uh pretty half-assed, huh? <laughs> All right. Did I send you guys the um, uh, so I'll I didn't talk about it early on, I thought I might, but um, any of the stuff I saw when I was out on the west coast, like the uh, the horror exhibit things, yeah, there's the there's the one your friend told me to go to or told said that they went to, and uh, it was the same company the mystic museum i forgot that slashback video was a thing um so i went to that and that is like quote a fake video store but it is real videotapes except there's a shelf of them designed by a comic book guy that well he was he made one comic book but i love it his name is rob schraub he made something called scud the disposable assassin he's directed episodes of community um, he does a lot of cool art he did a pilot called jet pacula another famous pilot with dan Harmon called heat vision and jack anyway i like him he made a series of fake movies or fake videotape covers that are movies like cannibal airlines or tentakills but there's a fake video but it's it's actually for it follows but did you did i send that to you guys With the back of the art where it's just in all caps and it just says, she fucked the wrong dude.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was so funny.
0: (laughs) So, so funny. I don't remember what reminded me of this. It was just, I really wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was so funny. And I know you guys both really like It Follows. Speaking of creepy things with people with weird faces.
2: That movie's so good. What I love about It Follows is the fact that you can't place the time that it's set in whatsoever.
1: Yeah and, oh, yeah, like, and
2: then it's an, and it's a very intentional thing that they yeah. did too mm-hmm. which is what makes it so but that clamshell e-reader i'm still pissed it doesn't yes, exist I, in real life i'm still mad about I, it
0: there's got to be like an iphone adapter that no can make i've it really looked
2: I've looked, it. I've looked i've
0: looked if right, anybody
2: has seen it
0: i have to read this it's just she fucked the wrong dude after carefree teenager uh Joy, Jay, fucks her new boyfriend, Hugh, for the first time. She learns that she's the latest recipient of a fatal STD that is passed from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. Death, Jay learns, I think it's Jay, will creep inexorably toward her as either a friend or stranger. Jay's friends don't believe her seemingly paranoid ravings uh, until uh, they, too, see the the Phantom Assassins and band together to help her flee or defend herself. And the thing is, is they use the it from the movie It as, like, the text on it. Um, But I don't know. I I appreciate that. so anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, other than you talking about the <laughs> smile trailer uh, and it setting the creep factor. But uh, did that change anything about your actual viewing of Nope?
1: I think I was set a little, a uh, set up a little bit to
0: be more creeped out. Jordan uh, Peele's has got style for that. That's like, yeah, early on, even the the credits and the sound design in his movies, it's like ambient tapping and like. I don't even know how to just like whooshing noises that are so cool. And they are so distinct to his movies that like, if I had never seen this movie and I just heard some of the soundtrack, I'd be like, that's probably from a Jordan Peele movie. It's very cool. (laughs) And it's creepy as hell. So like early on, it feels like like that movie was creepy. I mean, the first scene opens with Gordy.
2: Yep.
0: uh, And then it isn't until sort of the last third of the movie where we kind of get the like almost adventurous tone where it's like, you've seen the creature, it's broad daylight They have a plan in motion to try and get a shot of this thing. They don't really plan to hurt or kill it. Um, And I'm still not convinced it's dead. So much as just thwarted for now. Maybe it is dead. Maybe it choked to death. But um, yeah, that's... I feel like a
2: giant balloon exploding inside your esophagus. You're probably not going to survive that.
0: I'll try it later. I'll let you guys know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I have nothing. I, I don't have much more to say obviously other than yeah, fucking love this maybe. And I am a hundred percent going to see it again.
0: I'm still not quite to the level of like, holy shit, but I thought it was, I'm glad stuff like this comes out in theaters. I had a good time watching it. I think it's all about your expectation. my expectations more than the actual quality of the film, which is clearly very high. Everyone in it was great. The concept was fun. The, it wasn't really a twist so much as just a, I mean, I guess it is a twist, but like it's a, it just the, it just turns the concept enough to make it more interesting. Yeah. But man, I want to see his creepy alien movie with little creatures running around so bad. I do
2: too. I do too. Yeah. I want, I, I I feel like that's not, not in the cards though, you know?
0: We'll see. We'll I kind of
2: hope, I mean, I hope, I hope it is. Jordan Peele, if you're listening.
0: And I'm sure he is.
2: Which we obviously you are. It's just
0: two iPods. Just iPods, not even iPhones. Fucking, I give up on this bit. (laughs) Uh,
2: But Jordan, seriously, if you're listening, make us that movie, please. I'll help. Just any way I can.
1: He is, like, doing the work to sort of bring, like, big budget horror back almost. He and, uh, fucking.
2: Not Blumhouse.
1: Yeah, Blumhouse is. I don't know, yeah, but him, Robert Eggers, and uh,
2: Eggers for sure.
1: The hell's his name?
2: Ari Aster. Ari Aster. Ari Aster.
1: huge names in horror right now that are sort of getting people's like, attention back to horror and saying like, "Hey, we can make a big budget horror movie, and it can be like the summer release, which it nope currently is." So, mm-hmm. and granted, Thor probably made like eighteen billion dollars,
0: but
2: but it's Thor. It's Marvel. Yeah. I mean. Marvel. Did you both
0: see Thor as well?
2: I've not yeah. seen it yet actually. Uh I mostly it. mostly cuz of the covid, but um I it's do want to see it.
0: Pretty good. You get to hear Russell Crowe do um an impression of Mario that belonged in uh, <laughs> House of Gucci. It's great.
2: I love everything that you just said.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's <laughs> Zeus. Who's Greek. If he were Roman I'd understand, but like I was like what the hell is your Ba-ba-ba-da-bada ba 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 Like the <laughs> whole time. Yeah. Oh man, we bring it all the way back to Gabagool.
2: <laughs> Always. Always. Uh, uh, I love Taika Waititi, so um he is my director boyfriend. And I will see anything he makes.
1: I, I haven't seen um And Ari Aster hasn't put out a third film yet. That's true. Uh, or third, I'm curious
2: like, what comes full next. Full release.
1: These three guys are, uh, despite me not really liking Midsummer, they're doing some good work, and I am looking forward to each of them, like all their projects coming up.
0: Yeah. I still do need to watch the what rest are of Jordan Peele's you- Twilight Zone.
2: I do too. But do, do we know what Ari Aster is working on? Does any anybody who
0: I figured it'll pop up in front of me when I when it's going to show up? That's how all I feel right. about all movies where I'm That's like. Fair. Something I mean, I'm not up, act, actually
2: looking for it, but I am very he, curious what
0: he's doing. I'll say, unlike Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele's fun because even though the whole elevated horror concept and things probably come from either people talking about his movies or him, still seems like he has uh, he's not afraid to use the word horror. Whereas Ari Aster has straight up just been like too cool for school when it comes to that and like saying he's not like into it. Yeah. I'm, I love both of those movies. Love them. Thought they were both great. But, like, I'm just like, dude, just chill. just accept your your label because you s- did a really good job with it,
2: yeah. i have um I have a love hate relationship of Ariaster in that I find i love I really enjoy his movies, But I find him as a human being to be like the hipster garbage person of my nightmares. and like, I just the pretension and what's yeah. and what kills yeah. me though, is that he can be very pretentious. His, his movies are legit fucking yeah, great. movies, really movies. Good, yeah. So, But that's what makes me so mad is a part of me, I don't want to like his movies because I find him to be such a fucking asshole. But he,
0: uh, yeah. Well, well I, fine. Maybe he'll make one you don't like. Who knows? I looked I him so. up
2: one day
1: on IMDb. and yes, you do. The pretension only gets worse. Uh, 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 just boy. because he's the one of the stars of his next movie is. Uh, joaquin phoenix who i can't stand um, but his next movie is coming out next year it's called disappointment boulevard and it's a comedy drama horror movie the the description is a decade spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time jeff bezos
0: oh god <laughs> joaquin phoenix is jeff bezos in ari astor's Drama Boulevard or whatever you called it.
2: <laughs> Disappointment Boulevard, which you know what? I'm hoping to be Disappointment Boulevard after I see that movie. Um, that was a bad joke.
0: Have you heard gonna... me talk the rest of this episode?
2: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, have you guys do you guys know about his unhinged Oscar acceptance speech where he talks about uh, cows being jerked off?
0: Yeah. Is, right. it, is it a vegan acceptance speech? Because then, unfortunately, kind I'm going to be in agreement with him.
2: Kind of, but, like, yeah. it felt like that's where he was going with it, but he never landed it there, which is mm-hmm. what made it so unhinged, where I was like, are you telling us not to eat beef?
1: No, he's telling you not to jerk off the cows.
2: Or Yeah, or are you telling us not to jerk off cows? Because those are two very different things, Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Was this this wasn't recent? This was a couple of years ago, right? Twenty twenty for um, the joke. Oh flavor. yeah, yeah, no. He's talking about artificially inseminate uh, cows and stealing their babies. It's absolutely a vegan thing, and I'm gonna ruin your day. But I agree with him completely, and I understand where he was going I with that.
2: I didn't Now it, it's Carrie's
0: turn to feel like the asshole. Yeah, no,
2: uh, I didn't. He, I did out. I just thought it was unhinged. well I
0: just it's thought It was maybe a un- little fucking bit
2: hinged. It's
0: it. <laughs> It's something that kind of makes you think about the actual act of uh, gathering dairy and the fact that cows need to be pregnant in order to produce milk. And so this is just a facet of that. And he brought it up to a bunch of people who were not ready to hear about it in a like 10-second speech. Not necessarily the best way to do that. Shocking people is not the way to convince them of anything. It's to have a conversation with them and sort of come at it from their angle or try to I think that appealing to people in a way that is uh, respectful to them, even if you hate these people, is tends to work better. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with people punching Nazis, but, like, I, I understand what you mean. Fuck by you. Like, yeah. I, uh, he said this in front of a bunch of people and was like, yo, what?
2: I overall agreed with his message. It just felt like. Um,
0: All right, Ken, but do, you pro- eat, do you still eat cheese and hamburgers?
2: Uh, cheese.
0: Yes. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just kidding. It's fine.
2: (laughs) I don't drink milk.
0: Brad, you're allowed to. I don't jerk off cows.
2: (laughs) I also don't jerk off cows.
0: If there's anything that I thought you did do, that was going to be it, so I'm glad that you specified. You're (laughs) like like our own little Tom Green. (laughs) So speaking of jerking off cows, where can you find us on the internet, Brad?
1: (laughs) Jerkoffcows.com. No, you can find us on Twitter at splatter underscore brains. Uh, on Instagram at Podcast, Facebook, just search up Splatter Brains Podcast, gmail, brainsplatter at gmail.com and uh, our subreddit I think it's just r slash splatterbrainspodcast I haven't really posted anything in there lately uh, we need to spread the word a little bit more about the subreddit but
0: that's where you can find us we're, we're working on it so Thank you. And on that note, Karen, make the declaration of flatulence. I f- Karen farts. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>